Hello and welcome to the Sean Street Experience. In this weekly podcast, I'll be sharing my philosophies on life, on personal growth, and on pretty much any other topic that I think is worthy of discussion. I'm going to be looking hard to find interesting people to speak to and interesting topics to talk about, so I hope that you get something out of each and every episode. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here listening. Let's get into it right now. Good morning, welcome to this week's episode of the Sean Street Experience. Today I'm with Alex Nish, a very, very good friend of mine from Sydney. Alex is a energy coach and a hypnotist and has been doing some amazing work with some people in and around her place of work down there in Sydney. So I might just throw over to you, Alex, to give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do. Thank you, Sean. It's so great to be here. So yeah, I work with stuck energy in the body, identifying energy blocks in the body-mind system and helping people release those blocks and release past traumas or negative events, negative emotions, so that they can move forward successfully. And whether that's in their business or in their relationships with communication, it's really beautiful work to release contracted energy and move into expansion so you can live your life successfully. Sounds very cool. Yeah. Sounds very cool. So how did you get into that, Alex? What happened for you to get you into that? Oh, it's been quite a journey. (laughs) So I started studying life coaching several years ago and through that um, hypnosis, and energy coaching and Reiki. Before that, though, I had been studying primary teaching and developed a lot of chronic illness along the way and discovered that primary teaching was not for me. But I still wanted to utilise my educational skills and to help people, and that's when I came across coaching. And it was like all the, the bells and whistles went off and I was like, wow, what is this thing? Is this for me? <laughs> and hence my path started. <laughs> yeah, and that's how we met. We see for the, for the listeners, Alex and I studied at the same life coaching college okay. and we've done, we've done multiple courses and trainings together, including going on a cruise a few years ago, which was very, very cool. Yeah. So the reason I've brought you on today, Alex, is we're going to have a little chat about meditation and mindfulness, which is something that I am – starting to practice more of it's something that you have a lot more experience and time in than I do so I'm very happy to have you along to talk to us about what you've got out of it over the years and how it's affected your life so there's a difference between meditation and mindfulness so we may start by explaining that for people because they're two different processes right absolutely two different two different things so 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 let's start with that what do you what do you what would you say is the difference between meditation and mindfulness Meditation is really about focusing on the breath and the body and maybe sounds as well that come into your awareness. So it's it's resting 
your attention on, on that kind of object of focus and still being aware of your thoughts and letting those thoughts to come and go, but really practicing with the breath to calm the breath and to have long breaths and yeah, bring peace into your body. Okay. So it's not, it's not a, like everybody seems to think meditation is about having a blank mind. So I, yeah. I often talk to people about meditation and say, yeah, I tried it for, you know, I tried it a few times and it didn't work. I've also had people say, yeah, I tried it for a few times and, you know, like I've done meditation now so I can move on and do something else. Whereas for me, meditation is an ongoing practice that you do every day. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a really big misconception, the concept of being able to empty your Mm. mind. It's just not possible. We have thoughts that come and go. And the beauty about meditation is being aware of those thoughts, letting them come and go. You know, maybe you can see them like a cloud going across the sky, you know, and just letting that thought pass. It's being aware of it and still being able to focus on the breath and not run away with the thought. You know, in our busy daily lives, we can create so much chaos in our minds, so many thoughts at once, so many things to think about, so many things to do. So meditation is really about quieting that, being aware of those thoughts, but focusing on the breath so it's becoming calmer okay yeah because they say we have something like eighty six thousand thoughts a day don't we so that's an awful lot of stuff to try and stop coming into your head so i think acknowledging the fact that you're going to have thoughts and then just i can't remember who it was one of the somebody I, i i did some work with once talked about when the thoughts come in you could try and make them like a a helium balloon and just let them go and let them go and do their thing. So you know that they come in, you go, okay, that thought's there, let it go and just focus on whatever it is you're focusing on, whether it's your breath or or a flower or whatever it is that you've, you've got your single point of focus. Yeah, totally. It's It's having awareness that the thought enters your mind and then letting it just go, um, not letting yourself get carried away with a thought. Okay. So mindfulness is different because mindfulness is about being in the moment now, right? So how would you explain mindfulness to people? So mindfulness is is really about being focused on one task. So it's about being fully present on that task and having awareness of, let's say, for example, you're washing the dishes, So you've got awareness of how you're holding the dish, the temperature of the water on your skin, the bubbles, the the movements you're making, like you're being so present in the moment and so focused on the task at hand, that is mindfulness. But there's actually three steps involved with mindfulness. So it is the first one to focus. And the second one is to lose focus, which We do so quickly because the thoughts come and go in our mind. So it's about noticing that you've lost that focus and then the third step is being able to refocus, so bringing your attention back to the task. I hadn't heard it explained that way before. That that makes a lot of sense because you start off in a good, you know, you start off focusing but then as you say the thoughts come in and you start drifting off into other things that you've got to do today or or something that happened yesterday or or, or, any of that sort of stuff. 
and then yeah. recognizing that and then refocusing back on the task at hand. So cool. Exactly. Three steps. I hadn't heard it done that way. That's cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Easy, right? Easy. And it just takes a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the most difficult thing for a lot of people because people think they've done something once, they don't need to do it again. Yeah. But meditation and mindfulness both take a lot of practice yep. to do them successfully. Yeah. Yep. I've also had people say to me, like, I tried meditation a few times and it didn't work because mm. they couldn't stop the thoughts coming into their head, so they gave up. Yeah. So what would you say to someone that, that said that to you? How would you explain it? I actually say, and I've said this to a lot of my clients as well, what if it's about not stopping your thoughts but about just focusing on your breath? Yep. And the longer breaths you take out, the more that's going to calm your nervous system. Okay. So if you could just focus on your breath, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, and have that as a daily practice, you're going to feel so much calmer and have more clarity with what you need to do and more energy to get on with the day. Okay, cool. I've seen I've seen a video, and I can put the video up in the show notes later. There's a video on YouTube where a guy, I think it was on the old Beyond 2000 show a long time ago that used to be on. Wow, that is a long time ago. <laughs> I think it may have been something different. Anyway, if it's not, I'll edit that out. <laughs> but he 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 did do some meditation for a period of a few weeks and was getting all sorts of tests done by you know doctors and and all sorts of people. And it actually showed he experienced a difference mentally, but it also showed a difference physically when they were doing some of the tests and some of the tests that were done. So. Interesting. What were the physical? I can't. Look, I'd have to. I'd have to watch the video again. Now it's been a while since I watched it to, to sort of remember the finer details. But I'll put the video yeah. up so people can watch it. And I'll send, yeah, and I'll send cool. you the link so you can have a look at it. Yeah, because um, I mean, it's definitely been proven that it changes your brain um, behavior and your your patterns in the brain. Mm. Um, and so, of course, the physical benefits that you might receive are having a better immune function, better sleep, um, less inflammation, um, obviously reducing stress and fatigue. So, yeah. So you've you've actually managed to achieve that for yourself, haven't you? If you are you comfortable enough to talk about that and let us know your story as far as that goes? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up with a lot of trauma in my life and I didn't know how to deal with it. So as a teenager, I partied really, really hard and I led a very toxic lifestyle and that led to me being a very stressed out, dysfunctional person. And once I quit that lifestyle, I actually started collecting autoimmune diseases and I developed really deep depression, very high anxiety, panic attacks, and I was very chronically unwell. And I got to the point where I had so much inflammation in my body that I just couldn't function. I lost all strength in my hands. I couldn't pick up the kettle to make a cup of tea. I couldn't drive. And yeah, it was a very challenging time. And I discovered hypnosis and meditation with the help of a therapist and then along the course discovered mindfulness and and practicing gratitude as well and all of these things really started to help me come out of those depths of despair <laughs> and to change my life and 
with mindfulness, that actually really helped me the most in, I would say when I was in the rock bottom of my chronic illness, because it helped me to, instead of focusing on how much pain and sorrow I was in, it helped me to refocus on the task at hand and to have such gratitude for actually being able to cook myself dinner one night or if I couldn't get up off the couch, having absolute gratitude to be able to watch the birds in the tree out the window and really be present in that moment. So that really helped me start my recovery journey mm-hmm. and it was it was massive for me. Yep. And you've had a pretty... And now, oh. uh, well, now I, I actually meditate every day and I'm very mindful in a lot of tasks that I do. It still takes practice, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. But, yeah, I think like I was telling you, when I cook, I'm very mindful, so it takes me a long time, but I really love and put such good energy and nurturing into the foods that I cook, and I love that. Same with when I'm walking outside in nature or just hanging out with my cat, <laughs> being present. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's, that's led to a fairly massive breakthrough for you just fairly recently in some of the conversations that we've had, right? So where are you at with a lot of that stuff now? Yeah, so I had earlier this year, I actually had to go and see a rheumatologist and he said to me with such surprise, he said, keep doing what you're doing. It's obviously working because you don't even have lupus anymore. It blew my mind to know that everything I've done, all of the work that I've done over the years has helped me to heal all of my autoimmune stuff. And, you know, it all comes down to regular practice Mm. of these techniques and all of my coaching techniques that I've used with myself and it still blows my mind. (laughs) It's really incredible. So, yeah, well, let's just put that in a bit of perspective for people because most of the time when you hear about things like lupus and autoimmune diseases, they're kind of things that people expect to be stuck with for the rest of their life, right? There's no cure is what they say. So the fact that you've managed to just banish yours using all of these techniques that you've come across is is pretty huge, right? I mean, it's not just like a little thing. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I've cured the, you know, it's, like I had a cold yeah. and it's gone away now. It's like, this is like a huge thing, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> it's massive. Yeah, yeah. So I actually did a couple of years ago go into remission with my illness. I and mean, that was the first blood test I had where the doctor said, you're in remission. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a few months later, I had to have a vaccination for something and that sent my immune system into a tailspin and I was very ill again. So I've worked really hard over the two years and it's been a cumulative effect working with my naturopath, so on nutrition and supplements and then all of my mindset, my mind health and my spirit health as well. So I have looked into all of the emotional connections to do with chronic illness and everything that I was experiencing and I've used techniques to help clear those emotions and work through you know past issues so meditation and and mindfulness have been a really big part of keeping my well not just keeping my nervous system in check but being able to reduce the flight and fight response that I had I was living with for so many years and to really step into my calm zen self and I just caught up with a friend yesterday 
And after five minutes chatting, she was like, wow, I feel so calm when I'm around you. <laughs> and it was such a nice thing to hear. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, that, it definitely that, works. That also brings home the whole thing that it's got to be a continuous practice. It can't be something that you do for a little while and then stop because it's like, I guess, like exercising. I mean, you can't expect to go to the gym for a week and then never have to go back to the gym for the rest of your life. Exactly. All that it's sort like of building stuff. building that muscle. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So while we're here, congratulations on that result. I mean, that is that is a huge thing. Right? I mean, it, and it's, Thank you. And it's, it's got to be validating for you too in that you do a lot of work with this sort of stuff with your clients. So to have been able to say that you've had that result yourself from yeah. the work that you've done is, is going to be really cool, right? Yeah, it is, it is very cool. And, you know, I love the work that I do with others and, and having this opportunity to share my story and to help others on their journey as well. Like that, I find that very rewarding. Yeah, very nice. And, yeah, very grateful to be here. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the things that you brought up just before when you were talking was gratitude. Mm. And I've and I when we when we were talking before the episode before we started recording, I was talking to you about a couple of clients that I'm working with at the moment where we I suggested some mindfulness practice. But I also like again we were talking about washing the dishes. Uh, but I also talked to them about incorporating some gratitude into that process at the same time. So remembering why it is that you're washing the dishes, because if you're washing a great big pile of dishes, then you obviously have people in the in the house, people in your family that you are that, that you are that you love you and that you love. You are nurturing those people by doing the dishes. You are nurturing your relationship by doing those dishes. You should feel grateful for the fact that you have dishes to do. So instead of thinking yeah. like I have to do the dishes, you can be yeah. thinking I get to do the dishes for these people because these are the people in my life that I I, I, so I love and I and I have and a gratitude for those people in my life. Yeah. What else? What and else could you do? Grateful. Yeah, so being grateful for the food that you've, you know, eaten. Like we are so lucky in Australia to have such good produce mm. um, and to be able to nurture ourselves with really great foods. So give some love to your food. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why you've got dirty dishes, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, okay, yeah. so that, that changes things a little bit. Like, because I was, I was sitting here thinking to myself at one point, you know, like I, I don't have that. I mean, I don't have my family in the house, my kids are all growing up now. My wife and I separated a long time ago. So anytime I'm washing dishes, I'm just washing my own dishes. But as you mm. say, I'm washing dishes because I've had food to eat. Like, I mean, food is readily available here. We've got great produce, as you can talk about. We, we can make really effective and energetic food for ourselves. So even if you're just washing the dishes for yourself and you're living alone, yeah. there is still that gratitude for the food that you've eaten and the fact that you have a roof over your head, you have running water yeah. at the sink that some people don't have, you've got access to all that sort of stuff and you've just had a, you've just had a meal. So gratitude can come into everything, right? How else, how else would you bring gratitude in for people? I guess I connect to it really easily now because when I first started learning about it at the height of my chronic illness, it was both mindfulness and gratitude that sort of came into my awareness at the same time. But I had a, a therapist who she asked me to create a gratitude journal and write down three things I'm grateful for every day. 
And at the time I was like, are you kidding me? I'm so sick. I can barely like function. I've got nothing to be grateful for. Like, you know, who is this person? What is she doing? (laughs) Um, And she was like, even if you write out the same thing three times every night, at least that's, you know, something you can focus on. And so I started off like in my journal, I'm really grateful for my cat. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for my pillow, Mm. you know. And for the first few nights, it was the same three things over and over again. And then I noticed as the weeks progressed, like I started to have awareness of more things I could bring in and, and be grateful for. And it was being able to cook myself dinner or, you know, today I went out for a five-minute walk or, you know, whatever. And I found over time that those three words became three sentences, became mm. three paragraphs, became three pages. Mm. And all of a sudden at night, every night, I was writing pages and pages of stuff I was grateful for. And it it really shifted my energy and my focus yeah. from... I'm so sick, everything sucks, blah, 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 Mm. to, wow, I actually have so much in my life that other people might not have. Yep. And I do have so much to be thankful for and, yeah, you know, receive and see that abundance around me. Yep. And it's it's another thing that also has to be a daily practice, right? I mean, it's not something you do for a little while and then forget about because we do, yeah. as humans, we do tend to focus on the negative, don't we? We we tend to focus on, yeah. you know, what went wrong yesterday and what we're worried about happening tomorrow, you know, things that might go wrong tomorrow. And, you know, we worry about the argument that we had with somebody or or the thing that we yeah. did that and we... the stories we, we tell ourselves. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, yeah. But at the same time, where most of us are living in a house with electricity, fresh running water... Uh, we've got technology so we can stay in touch with people, especially during you know, like with this whole pandemic thing going on, the fact that we can still Zoom in and talk to people has been a good thing, right? Yeah. So we've got all this stuff that we have that we just take for granted. Mm. And that's that's like a, almost like a cardinal sin almost, isn't it, when you start thinking about <laughs> the way that it, it, it drives you down, the way it leads you down that little rabbit hole and, and, and potentially into depression. Yeah. And, you know, as humans, we're naturally geared, like you said, towards those negative thoughts and responses. So, yeah, it definitely does take practice to be able to change that and gear yourself towards the positive instead. And 100% it can be done. And, you know, it just takes a little bit of work. A little bit of work, a little bit of dedication. And yeah. I guess one thing that we need to work on is not beating ourselves up when we don't do it 100% of the time. Yeah, that's right. That's another big one too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So if if we're developing this new practice of meditation or mindfulness or gratitude or all three, if we yeah. sleep up and don't do it perfectly one day, we don't go, oh, crap, I didn't do it right yesterday, so I won't bother doing it today. Just yeah. keep going, keep practicing, keep doing it. Yeah. I think, you know, having self-compassion and acceptance for yourself, you know, we are all human, we are going to slip up and it's just a matter of, yeah, going, well, okay, I didn't do it today but tomorrow's a new day, I can start again. And it's, it's not even just those three things though, is it? It's everything that we do. If we, need to, if we can practice a little bit of self-compassion and not beat ourselves up for not doing everything perfectly every single time. Yeah. We are human. We can't do everything perfectly every single time. 
There is no perfection. You know, I like to say that we are imperfectly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, we can't do, yeah, like you say, we can't do everything right all of the time. No. In fact, some of the discussions I have with people is that it's those imperfections that make us who we are. I mean, if we were all mm. absolute robots and, and we were all perfect in every single way, I think we'd be a pretty boring person. It's when you're yeah, sitting yeah. around... It's when you're sitting around a campfire talking about things that you did wrong and things that you stuffed up, and so that that, that makes the funny stories in your life, right? I mean, that's yeah. why people ring up radio shows and tell them stupid things that they've done because it gives people a bit of a laugh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's that, to that. <laughs> exactly right, and I and I think it's those imperfections yeah. that make us who we are, and make us an interesting person. So I personally yeah. think the strive for perfection is something that's really doing a lot of damage to people. It is, you know, because then you're not accepting yourself as a whole person no. because you're striving for something that's never, you're never going to attain. Exactly right. So, yeah. Okay, so if we can drop back into meditation for a little bit. When it comes to meditation, people often think that they need to sit in the full lotus position with a perfectly <laughs> erect spine on a wooden floor in the cold, and they got to do all this sort of stuff has to happen for it to be called meditation. Yeah. How would you say to someone who's just starting out, what's a good way to start doing some meditation practice? Meditation comes in many forms. Um, you can even be meditating when you're doing the gardening or there's walking meditations. However, if you would like to get yourself into a comfortable position, and, you know, make it a daily practice where it becomes a routine for you, then, you know, make it as comfortable as possible. So I like to sit actually on the floor near my bed, but I've got a pillow underneath me and my cup of tea handy and whatever else I need. So I just make it as comfortable as possible. So I'm there comfortably or I do it outside in the sun if it's a really nice, warm, sunny day and being present and aware of where I am and what I'm doing. Yep. Yep. So for me, because I get up fairly early on days when I'm working and it's still kind of dark outside and, and now it's quite cold, mm. in order for me to make it work as a practice for me, I've got a guided meditation that I listen to that I listen to while I'm still in bed. So I wake up to my alarm, and then I will put my headphones on and start this meditation, which goes for about 15 minutes. And at the end of that, she says, right now, open your eyes and begin your best day ever. And you oh, can nice. come out of it, and then I'll move on with the rest of my day. So yeah, great. If, if, it, if it means that staying in bed for a little bit and listening to something is what it's going to take for you to develop a meditation practice, then that's mm -hmm. also valid, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can do it anywhere, yeah. anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I've so, meditated in my car, not when I'm driving, but mm. when I've been parked somewhere, you know, waiting for someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, do a quick meditation in the car or, yeah, anywhere, anytime. So people who are beginners who are thinking about trying to get into this thing, can they can let go of a lot of that, it's got to be done this way or it's not right sort of thought process yeah. and just, just do what works for them, right? Absolutely. And I'd really love to recommend an app, if I may. Um, I recommend this to all of my clients. It's my favorite app. It's the Headspace app. And, you know, you can do a 10-minute meditation on there. And I do, you know, 
that every morning as well. So he teaches you to focus on the breath, to focus on sounds, to being present, letting your thoughts come and go. And it's really the basics. Um, And it's so easy. Mm. And I find it just gives you so much clarity and energy to get on with your day once you've done that. Yep. So that was Headspace? Yeah. What's your favourite app? I use one called Insight Timer. Oh, great, yeah. It's one where you can go and you can say, I want a zero to five minute or a five to ten minute or a ten to fifteen minute. You can select filters to say, I want a guided one or just a music one. I want a male voice or a female voice Yeah. with music or without music, all that sort of stuff. So I've I've found a few. Yeah, you can even select meditations on there for specific things. Like if you want a heart meditation to tune into your heart and loving kindness, yeah. you know, you'd be able to find that on there. Yeah. So, yeah, or breathing yeah. meditations. Or yeah. Whatever. So I've, I've found a few that I like that I've kind of marked as my favourite. So I just go in there and just hit that button, hit that button, where you go and I do my 15 no, minutes. It's so in the easy. Yeah. 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 So it also, actually the other thing that I find that works for me is it tells you how many days you've done it for in succession. So yeah. I find that helps to keep me on track, right? Like if I don't yeah. want to break the chain. I want to keep, I want to build that up to as many days as I can. Yeah. So I find that that helps me make sure that I make time for that meditation every day as well so that I don't break that chain. So that's another thing that works for me to keep the practice going. It's, it's nice to see the minutes or the days tick over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny, but it works. You know, like. Yeah, it's kind of like it gives your brain that little reward and we love to feel rewarded. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yes, cool, I've just achieved this. Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so we're now at about kind of the point where things wrap up for this because I generally only go for 25 to 30 minutes or so with these episodes. Cool. Have you got anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? Anything else that's come up for you during the conversation? No, I would just, you know, suggest to people to really um, stick with it. You know, if you've tried it once, you can try it again and really find a time and make it a routine to have a daily practice because it's going to make such a huge difference in your life. Yep. Yes, it will. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you very much for taking the time to come and do this with us today and and for and for being a part of my little podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. It has. It's been an absolute pleasure, even though we had a few little technical issues in the middle. (laughs) So thanks again. I hope you have a great weekend and talk again soon. Thanks, Sean. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Sean Street Experience. I thought it was a fascinating topic and I hope you got a lot out of it as well. For more information, check out my Facebook page, the Sean Street Experience, or you can go to my website, theshawnstreetexperience.com. If you've got any ideas for topics for a future episode, send me an email at podcast at theshawnstreetexperience.com. I'd love to hear your ideas. Thanks for being here this week. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye for now.